Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Triple Crown, part of the Kickout 299 Network. I'm Jessie, whose pronouns are she, her. I'm Alicia, my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Rachel, my pronouns are they, them. Well, there were only four shows this month, but a whole lot of drama. So let's not waste any time and get into it. Before we start, by now we've all probably heard the news that um, Ashino was injured a couple of days after he won the Champion Carnival. He fractured his arm and he will be out for a while. His match with Nagata for the Triple Crown was cancelled, but Nagata said he still wanted to defend the title. A match was made the next day, T-Hawk versus Rookie Honda. The winner of that match will go on to face Nagata for the title. Honda wanted this match to step up for his tag partner and also because he doesn't want two outsiders fighting for the title. And T-Hawk gets this opportunity since he was the champion kind of all runner-up. And of course, we'll be discussing all that a little later in the episode. Yeah, this was just a really tragic injury. Um, it happened, I think, like the day after we recorded the uh, last episode of um, Champion Carnival. And if you go back and listen to that episode, you can just hear how, how excited we were for Ashino to uh win champion carnival and go on we we talk at it about it at length i do encourage you to go listen to it um because we are still rooting for him and um, really 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 hoping he gets better um and he did like some meet and greets with his cast on um and that was great to see it's it's just great to see him active and um he'll get back on on the horse before long and we're gonna be here cheering for him and we'll get into it later but it was really really heartening to have Honda be the one to step up and uh, assert his right to challenge uh, someone like T-Hawk for um, the right to face Nagata. It was a big deal for Ashino in stepping up to challenge uh, Nagata that, you know, he wanted to bring, start to bring all the belts back home to All Japan. Um, it's a little, it's interesting um, that that storyline has been sort of, I think, kind of floating in the ether, but not really a focus until Ashino said it. And then, of course, it's the most obvious thing in the world. But that was inherently a very disappointing aspect of Ashino not being able to, like, have his full moment in the sun um, and challenge Nagata. Um, but, you know, Honda made that the focus of, uh, you know, we still have to do this. And um, so, yeah, we'll talk more about it later. But it was really, really good and heartening to have Honda be the one to step up and be that representative for all Japan and also stand up for uh, Ashino in that moment. So now we move on to the wrestling. Day one was on the 13th at Toyama. Dan Tamra and Hikaru Sato defeated Black Manso Ray and Ryzen Haito in 9 minutes and 39 seconds. Jun Sato defeated Ryu Inoue in 6 minutes and 40 seconds. Yuriki Doi and Hokuto Omare versus Yuma Aoyagi and Asuki Oyagi went to a 15-minute draw. Ruki Honda and Masao Hanabara defeated Yoshitatsu and Yuma Onzai in 11 minutes and 41 seconds. Manabu Soya defeated Rei Saito in 8 minutes and 25 seconds. And in the main event, Kento Mihara, Yuji Nagata and Suji Ishikawa defeated Suwama, Satoshi Kojima and Takao Omore in 16 minutes and 26 seconds. So, 
day one. Um, and this was the um, Jumbo Memorial Show. Was that right? This was the weirdest Jumbo Memorial Show. Yeah, you and I talked about this, Rachel, because like, it was just weird, especially when you compare it to last year and how like exciting that was and how many big matches there was. Like Joe Doring was on that card. Like there was a lot going for how they did last year. And then, I don't know, there was something about like, the match graphic for the uh, main event was pretty much the only thing that tied this together as being a show in tribute to uh, Jumbo Saruta, which I don't love. Um, that was something that I did not like about the way that they did this. Um, and certainly the main event was um, weirdly enough, one of my favorite matches of the tour, but also um, Suama is just out of his mind, but like, it just wasn't really, a fitting tribute to me like as a whole to Jumbo to the point where it's like why even like invoke his name on something like this like because it's just not a fitting tribute to Jumbo um to me like I would rather them if they're going to do a Jumbo Saruta memorial then it should be like a true event every year as part of their calendar I know it's probably tough with like scheduling and like budgets and like what have you but there should have been other people on this card they could like I know we always have the the great guys whatever on the card but like we could have had other people on the card from like I would have loved to see BJW guys on this card um I think you can have um people from NOAA participate in a Jumbo Saruta memorial um I always feel like Mara Fuji is being left out of things like a Jumbo Saruta memorial he knew Jumbo um when he was young so like I think he should be invited to something like that so it's just not enough to me to to use the name and to put like his face on on a one graphic and then just call it a memorial show so I don't like that and that wasn't you know it didn't live up to my expectations certainly but um yeah so that's my complaint <laughs> to start the show off I just didn't if you're gonna call it like a you know a memorial event or use the graphic like it, it should really live up to the expectations of what calling something a Jumbo Saruta memorial match a show should mean yeah, I really agree. And I definitely, um, I didn't really even think about the Mara Fuji thing or really any like um, guests that they could have brought in to really bring home that memorial sort of feel, but you're a hundred percent right. You know, it was a really fun match. I really enjoyed it, but um, it's, yeah, it didn't feel like a memorial match. It felt like an old man, all Japan, six man with Kento hanging out in there. Uh, Jesse, what did you, what was your takeaway on that? And what did you think of the main event? I thought the main event was okay. Like this show probably was my least favorite of the month, um, but it was fine. I really did like Suwama, like waving his voodoo murder shirt in front of Kojima, trying to recruit him. But it looked more like he was trying to sell him the shirt than recruit him to the voodoo murders. Um, but the match was pretty good. I really did like Suji Inamori recreating the champion carnival sport, getting the crowd to chant. Uh, their names while chopping each other. And so I'm a surprisingly worked well with his team. But it was a fun way to end the show. And they did have a 10 bell salute to Jumbo afterwards. Suama was really good in this, but that's also why it was so weird because the focus was we'll get into it for later on in the month, but so much of this like build has been like Suama's behavior with like the booing and like how he reacts to that. And like what what does that mean for where he's at with voodoo murders and like the dual personality thing he's got going on right but like the way he was handling the crowd um booing him but then also like trying to either sell his shirt or recruit uh Kojima into voodoo murders like that was outstanding like I kept joking like all month 
to Rachel that like if he keeps it up he's going to end up being my match or, or my wrestler of the year rather because like he's just he's just been so funny <laughs> like sometimes that's all you really need around here well said um, did you have any other standout matches on this card Alicia I did want to highlight the uh Hakato Mori and Doi match versus Aoyagi both Aoyagis really um, their time limit draw. Um, this was obviously part of the build towards Doi versus Otsuki. Um, and I thought that th- th- this was a pretty solid draw. Um, I'm going to talk about it more as we get into Doi and Otsuki towards the end of the month. But I really liked the build for Doi and um, Otsuki here better than I did for their previous match. Um, so I thought that this worked really well. Um, for that, I thought he put in really strong work with Doi. I thought it was, like I said, so much stronger than their last build. But to me, like, I loved Yuma and um, Omori the most in this. Like, they always, if they get a chance to fight each other, put in such strong work against each other. I wish we saw more of them um, against each other. I don't know what to call it. But they did a really cool assisted move together in this match that looked so awesome. Like, it was just such a cool thing um, and a cool sequence. And they just tend to work really well together. So I was really glad to see that um, them face off in this. And again, just really glad that um, I have so many opinions on the Atsuki and Doi match at the end of the month. But I liked the build a lot better than the previous build. Jesse, what did you think about this match? I really liked it. I thought it was great. 15 minutes really blew past for me. And I do kind of miss the chaos that Yuma and Hokuto used to bring when they wrestled each other. It was always like messing up everyone's hair and going for low blows. And I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Yuma has no one to blame himself because he's the one who helped train Hokuto Amore. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was fun. And having these matches on a smaller shows means like you can't miss the smaller shows because they do have these hidden gems on them. I agree I I did really like this match um and I really thought that Hokuto looked amazing all month like I really did I liked he looked very compelling um was a lot of a lot of it like I'm starting to really bite into his story and we're definitely going to talk about that um at the end of the month because I I have a lot of thoughts on that but um this was sort of a good appetizer for that uh with Yuma I I really enjoyed that and then uh, of course the focus of this match was to build that match between Doi and Otsuki. And I, I really just um, loved how devious <laughs> Doi is. Like he he really does feel like that super villain to Otsuki's hero. And of course I have opinions on that and opinions on the, on the timing of this whole challenge. Um, we talked about that last month and we'll definitely talk about that this month. But um, I really just like how Doi is a really good devious villain without playing too dirty like he just feels dastardly I guess that's really the only way I can describe it like I think to you I described it as like you could picture him with a mustache and a little black hat tying a lady to a train track like he just has that classic villainy vibe and I really enjoyed it and I just I love him I think it was great and it showed off in this match and it continues uh, to build I don't want to get too into it because I have so many thoughts for like the big match at the end of the month. But what is so great about Doi is that so much of his like big heel work comes from his mind for wrestling and how well he knows the opponent in front of him and he can cut them off 
just by knowing their game better than his opponent. And that's what I find really cool about Doi's um, brand of heel work and his offense is that he will just learn your game better than you know how to do it. And that's how he beats you. And we see that in the match at the end of the month, which I'm excited to get into. But I'm also super curious how um, you guys might have felt about the singles matches from the Saito twins here. I always think about Kampa, and I feel like we need to talk about the Saito brothers for for Kampa. So did anyone have any particular opinions about these? Well, the uh, June match, I just wrote about Ryu Inoue because I thought he looked so good and he didn't let up for a second. Um, Jun Saito was a good opponent, but I think Ryu, uh, Ryu Inoue was like the star of that match. I definitely agree. I definitely agree on that one. Um, I did actually really like the uh, Ray Saito versus Manu Soya match. Um, I just, I think Soya's so incredibly talented and he's just really detail oriented. You see it a lot. Uh, Ray's, you know, he's a big guy. He's still a little green and he takes a lot of time to set up spots at times. And Soya just keeps his body moving even while he's like embracing himself for impact like you can see it there's this big lariat into the ring post and you can still see Sora so I kind of like fighting back or moving like it's it is just adds something to the match and you can really see it in here um and like for a hard cam match where a lot of the action sort of took place outside the ring they did a really good job like they're both huge, big guys so you can still kind of see them but they they were pretty conscious to the camera so I thought that looked pretty good um Alicia, what did you think about the Saitos? Uh, I think that I agree with Jesse in that, like, the June and um, Rio Inoue match, like, Rio is the compelling component of that match, but that's because Rio is telling a very particular story right now, um, which is going to progress throughout the month. We're, we're going to get into more of it later on, but um, he is so desperate for a, a statement win right now. Um, and you can really sense that in the way that he wrestles. He comes out so hard in this match against June, and he, he's just desperate. He's so desperate for a win, almost too desperate for a statement win, right? But it plays into the story that he's telling. And he comes out with like this big fire and it just like, June is just like, he's not, you know, they're, the Saitos are still a little green, but June is still like just that much more of a veteran and can just get that much more ahead of him with everything that Rio, you know, tries to fire at him. So it's actually quite compelling if you're invested in the story that Rio Inoue is telling. And I think that um, it's hard not to be invested in that story and we'll get more into that too but um I agree I thought the Soya um Ray Saito match is, is actually quite a good little singles match it's not very long um I thought that it played to both of their strengths and I think that Soya is just excellent and um was good at leading him through that match so it's one to to look at certainly I just want to quickly give some love to the opening match which was Dan and Hikaru versus Black Mesa Ray and Rising Hayato I just thought this was so much fun and the two boys at ringside were just laughing every single time Black Mensa rated anything. And it really just elevated this whole match for me. And if you want to see chopstick-based offense, watch this match because it had chopsticks in it. Yeah, this one was pretty good. Hayato just continues to be the junior that everyone can work well with. And while Otsuki and Dan is a great rivalry, like so is Hayato and and Dan. Like they they both work really well together too. So this is a weird show like this is not like a, a super exciting like show on this tour but there were little things that you could kind of get into that uh like jesse said you it's hard to in, 
it's just hard to skip these shows because there is always something that you can get into. An all Japan flavored all Japan show. Like that's really what it was. Like you want a good little taste of an all Japan house show. This this is what they are and they're fun and they're enjoyable watches. Absolutely. Now moving on to day two. It was on the 14th at Kissy Bunker Hall, Middle Hall in Matsumoto. Rui Inoue defeated Black Manta Ray in six minutes and 51 seconds. Takao Mori defeated Masao Hanabara in 6 minutes and 48 seconds. Satoshi Kojima defeated Dan Tamara in 10 minutes and 26 seconds. Suama, Jun Saito, Rei Saito defeated Suji Ishikawa, Yuma Anzai, and Yoshitatsu in 9 minutes and 24 seconds. Riku Honda defeated Hokuto Mori in 8 minutes and 40 seconds. Yuji Nagata and Akara Sato defeated Kento Miyahara and Rising Haito in 11 minutes and 7 seconds. And in the main event, it was Yuma Oyagi defeating Asuki Oyagi in 17 minutes and 34 seconds. So, Jesse, did you have a favorite? <laughs> Do you have to ask? Of course I do. <laughs> um, it was the main event, brother versus brother. I loved it. It was the triumphant return of the Aoyagi's brothers back to their hometown. Uh, Asuki had a new theme. I'm not sold on it yet. It sounds more like a theme you'd hear in a club, not really a wrestling ring. Um, and Yuma also got the long version of his theme, so it was like big match Yuma. And he was definitely in older brother mode this match, not letting Aski show him up and just throwing Aski post to post at one point. I thought, like, this is like vicious Yuma. I haven't seen this in a while. Um, he got a ton of offense, and I was surprised how little Aski got in the first half of this match. Of course, he made his comeback and busted out a Spanish fly, which we haven't seen in a while. I was surprised he brought that out for a match with Yuma. Uh, the ending sequence was such a joy to watch in, as this entire match was. The brothers trading blow for blow and kicking out the last possible moment was super exciting. And I don't know if you noticed this, but there were feet behind the curtain and they looked like they were gold boots belonging to a certain ace. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, the whole match, <laughs> someone was watching this. Um, Yeah, it was my favorite match of the month. Not really a shocker to anybody. <laughs> And as well it should be. It was a really, really good match. Um, Alicia, you had like a special name for this match and I really enjoyed it. Can you tell everyone what it was? Aoyagi Bowl. That's what it's called. Aoyagi Bowl. It is. It's the Aoyagi Bowl. So tell us what you thought of the Aoyagi Bowl. No, I don't even know how to follow Jesse. I mean, she hit all the important points. Like this was just fun it was so nice to see both of them uh like really get like the hometown crowd reaction like especially when Yuma came out like people were so excited and just like cheering and like really giving them like the reception that they both um deserved and like this was these are two guys who um I mentioned this I think to Deswari actually on Twitter um but this is two guys who their father wanted to be a wrestler and they grew up loving wrestling. This is a very much like a wrestling family. And then both brothers made it and they wrestle for all Japan. And so I can't imagine what that was like as a family, the Aoyagi family sort of, you know, basking in this with their their sons headlining a show like this. And they promoted the hell out of this. Like, I think for, you know, it felt like two months of them putting up the graphics for this. So I'm just glad that the match went over super well. They pulled out a lot of cool stuff. I love the Spanish fly. Um, that stuff was really neat. It was just a fun, great little exhibition match. Like, um, this match or this show rather was just like, kind of like tougher for me. There's, I don't really have a lot of like strong notes for most of these things. Like it really felt like we were kind of getting to 
just the the exhibition match factor of Aoyagi Bowl, right? But um, this was great. It's like, if you are an Aoyagi fan, if you love the brothers, like you're going to be really into this. Um, and again, I think it's just so cool that like they got like this hometown crowd reception. Like that's always feel good wrestling to me. Yeah, it really did feel like the rest of the card was sort of like a prelude to this match. Like that's just what you're watching this show for. And that's, that's not really even a bad thing. This this match was definitely worth it. Um, I thought it was really fun. I loved hearing um, big match theme, Yuma. I was very surprised. Um, I actually listen to that song on Spotify all the time. So I was like, wait a minute, it's the full version. Um, yeah, I loved the crowd. Like you said, I loved that they weren't really like at parts they kind of were doing like the thing they do with the omoris where they just chant the last name because they're cheering for both of them but no there was a lot of cheering for Atsuki and Yuma sometimes dueling sometimes at the same time like these guys are just they're over and they're beloved and it's the hometown crowd like they're just they're cheering for them no matter what and it it was just good I really enjoyed that I expected it to be a lot of just Aoyagi chants so uh, that kind of surprised me tickled me um even and really, one thing I like, and Jesse mentioned this, was that it was a lot of Yuma showcase. Um, he was just very strong there. I liked how Otsuki sold a lot of uh, the throws. He he just completely became a little like fish, <laughs> just flopping around. Um, but it, it was good. Um, but yeah, I'm really compelled by Yuma's position going into all together again. Um, there are a lot of eyes on him right now, as there should be. Um, he's got sort of the most to prove going to this match, which which isn't a bad thing. It's a good position to be in. So having a match like this really showcases him and really lets him shine. And I think that's really good. I, I really wanted him to shine in this match, and I think he did. I'm going to agree with Jesse, too. I don't like Otsuki's theme. I don't know if he had it like... Uh, I don't know if this is one where he had it made for him or if this is like an existing sort of like theme that he can use. It's not like there's no copyright to it or something. Um, I wish that he would link up with like a like someone that could make a theme for him, like for him and his brand of wrestling. Sort of like how Jake uses the same artist who's done like Shio's theme um, and a couple other big themes in wrestling. Um, I think like a statement theme for him would be great. Um but I don't like these like generic club sounding themes for him. And it just makes me miss uh, his original theme that he probably shouldn't have been allowed to use anyway. He signed on such a good theme. I wish he kept it. I think this theme is made by the same person who made Yuma's theme. It was definitely a lot mm. of Aoyagi brother news this month, which we were getting to later. So um, I think they want to link the Aoyagi's brothers uh, with the theme, but I'm not too sure on it. It's, it's, it's too clubby. <laughs> Yeah, not a fan. I liked the theme. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was good. It reminded, admittedly, it reminds me of Rising Hayato's theme. And so I think those two probably, like, I, I agree it doesn't really fit the character as much, but I liked it. I thought it was, it was bouncy and fun, but nothing's ever going to be peace sign, but I enjoyed it. What did we think of Dan taking on Kojima? This match surprised me. I didn't actually know it was on the card. But I thought Dan did so well here. And comparing his lariats to the juniors, to Kojima, who's just like a brick wall, was really funny. But he really held his own and looked good. And I'm happy Dan got this opportunity to go against a, a Grand Slam champion in a singles match. I completely agree with you. This match, like, 
I don't want to say it like surprised me because like I think Dan is a very good wrestler but I guess I was just really grateful that Kojima like was willing to work with him because he did a lot with Dan and Dan looked really good I thought this was one of the stronger matches on the card outside of the main event easily I thought Dan looked really really good and I thought it was awesome that he ended up being one of the people that got to have like a strong singles match against Kojima if we keep having to suffer the old men signed to the lion company then I guess he should be working with people like Dan that's pretty cool um I'm not happy about the new Japan old men (laughs) floating around still I'm ready for them to go back home but um I thought this was one of the better ways to use um Kojima if he's going to be sticking around, I, I really did enjoy that match. And I was really proud of Dan. Dan did some like really intense high knees while selling the machine gun chops. And it did some really amazing things for the audio on the chops. Like it, it was just a good moment and they were really impressive high knees as well. Um, but no, other than that, I thought Dan just really, really good. And I really don't have anything to say that you guys don't. I thought it was a great opportunity for him. Um, Kojima sort of really putting him over there and letting him shine. It's just what we need and and what Kojima people like that need to be doing in this company. I really could not agree anymore. I think we have to mention in the opener, Ryu Inoue got another win. I think this is his second singles win of his career. He did get it over Black Mensa, right? And he did have another Kawada-inspired look. It was blue and yellow tights this time. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy he's finally back on the winning trail. He did get this little win, but, like, he doesn't want to be Black Menso Ray. He's looking for <laughs> – sorry, Black Menso Ray. He's just looking for more of a of a statement win. And it comes, I think, into play in the next card and certainly in the, uh, the final card of the month as well. Like, he's looking for much – you know, more, uh, much more important rivals to his career than, uh, the throwing around black men. So Ray in the ring, but it was a nice little win from, for him. The most exciting bit to me was the win, but it was a nice, uh, little match to be sure. So yeah, but he's, I think, you know, those moments for him are like, cool. I got the win, but he's looking for something more. Yeah. My highlight of that match was the blue and yellow tights. I thought they looked really nice. I love that kind of color contrast. I wanted to mention that I did really like the co-main tag. Um, it was entertaining, but I, and I thought it was amazing how over Hayato was with this crowd. Like he could have pinned Nagata and people would have, I think, wanted him to challenge for the belt. Um, but I did think it was really funny that this is like a very rare um, instance of Kento working a match at like 40%. This was not like, full on like ready 100% out there to perform Kento so definitely a different like vibe because he never performs that way like it doesn't matter where they perform if they're in a basement or if they're in a bigger venue like he will perform as if he's in front of like 2,000 people but um yeah so I thought it was interesting that he worked this at about 40% but it was um an entertaining tag um and these tend to be the, the more uh exciting matches for me on on the cards I'm with you. Um, this match didn't do a whole lot for me, but it was it was fine. It was Kento and Hayato, so I can't ever complain about that. And, um, Sato's always good. Uh, Nagata just doesn't fit in with the roster yet. I don't think he ever will at this rate. Um, it's it's been a year, so um, it's just 
I don't know, him being away from the company for Champion Carnival just didn't do him any favors. I thought the closest we can get was his moments working with Kento as far as like feeling like a member of this roster, let alone a champion of this company. It just, it, it just did not connect with me. Um, but I do, I do think it was great that Hayato looked really strong against Nagata. I actually thought for a moment he might have gotten the pin. There were some really close near, near falls. Alicia, you and I talked about that. I think you said like the audience would have torn the roof off of the uh, venue if he had gotten the pin and just like, gone insane with happiness yeah you you're so right the um crowd is just so behind him and it's i say this every single month but it's just so incredible to see how popular he is now we move on to day three which was on the 18th that she keep her first ring june sato and ray sato defeated dan tamara and hikara sato in nine minutes and 15 seconds katara suzuki defeated black Menso ray in five minutes and 15 seconds Hikari Shimizu, Rina Amakura, and Yuko Sakurai defeated Saki, Zones, and Chi-Chi in 11 minutes and 33 seconds. Ren Ayabe defeated Masao Hanabata in 6 minutes and 20 seconds. Naruki Doi and Hokuto Amari defeated Asuka Yagi and Rising Hayato in 10 minutes and 50 seconds. Yuma Anzai defeated Ryu Inoue in 8 minutes and 17 seconds. Minabu Soya defeated Suwama in 6 minutes and 50 seconds. Yuji Nagata, Kento Miyahara, Satoshi Kojima, Defeated Suji Ishikawa, Yuma Aoyagi, and Yoshi Tatsu in 15 minutes and 4 seconds. And in the main event, we had a number one contenders match. T-Hawk defeated Ruki Honda in 13 minutes and 22 seconds. And I will say the first five matches of this show are on YouTube. So if you're interested in any of those first five, you can go check it out there. So um, did you guys have any opinions on the Evolution Girls big all japan debut i'm curious if you guys had any thoughts on that i did <laughs> um just in case you didn't know this is the third match for zones and chi chi like like they're really really new um i thought they looked great and along with sake the three pointers really guided them and i think they did a good job um, I did watch this match on YouTube and when it started, about 100 to 200 more people tuned in. So they're definitely drawing people. But um, for their first show on All Japan, like on All Japan streaming service, I thought they did a good job. Yeah, no particularly strong opinions. It was really nice to see them. Um, I feel like we've seen so many photos of them and like I know they've had some matches before that I don't think were like the easiest available matches to watch perhaps, but um, it was, it was nice to finally see them. I'm definitely invested in that company doing well. Um, I'm looking forward to them coming back on uh, the cards every so often, like they've done been doing rather for um, these women's matches. So yeah, just nice, enjoyable. It's about how I felt. Um, this was a little different than our usual Joshi All Japan matches because the boys weren't involved. It was just uh, colors and evolution doing their thing. Um, I agree though, Saki was a very good mentor um, for the two girls to have. I thought Chi Chi came off um, exceptionally well. I thought she looked like a very believable baby face. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I just wanted to give them a shout for their big All Japan debut. So that's exciting. What match I really loved. <laughs> I wasn't trying to love it. I loved um, Kotaro Suzuki against Black Menso Ray. 
That was a great match. Um, I didn't get to watch a lot of the junior tag tournament. I missed um, a good portion of it because I just couldn't really watch a lot of wrestling uh, when all of that was going on. But uh, maybe I just missed Kotaro. I have no idea. But I, I thought that this was a really good match. Um, they know how to work against each other. And this is probably one of my favorite Mensore matches in a while. But I thought it was really fun. And like there's like some hard strikes. I don't think it was this one. I think it's the match at the end of the month. But there's like a point where like um, Kotaro at one point in the month like denied the Shaw to like black that's so right which like is still popping me all this time later um so i just i don't know i really enjoyed this this um i did not think i was going to care that much about this match especially because it's only like a five minute match i thought it was it was really good so my favorite match of the month and i think you guys probably um like this match too i can't imagine anyone not liking it but um this this show Inoue versus Anzai. I thought this match was phenomenal. Um, we're just, we are so lucky to have two super rookies on this level who are just so insanely popular. Like the crowd was just so into this match and it was really fun. It was just the perfect match for this venue. Um, it just, it was good. I loved that moment after Inoue's PK on the apron. Anzai had some really great expressions and um, in a way was shouting at him and there was just so much heart in it. And um, the camera had such a really good like moment, like AJPW's camera work is good, but it's not always like on point, but it had the right moment just to focus on Anzai. And it was just really good. Like I, I love this match. Um, it was just, it was teeming with this feeling of, beginnings um that you just know that these two are going places and they're going places together and they have so much more to tell like there's just so much heart so much bitterness like the ending was just really good it was just this not quite respect but not quite disrespect like there there was a quiet respect there that's how I felt um there was this long road laid out before them and an invitation for the audience to follow. That's how I felt about this match. And that's just such a wonderful thing to see. I just, yeah, I loved it. It was a short and sweet love letter to all Japan. And it just had a nice little to be continued at the bottom of the page. Yeah. Like what you're describing is very much classic all Japan fair. I think in the terms of relationship and rivalry, they're ultimately going to have. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm referencing like, the win that Inoue is looking for because, and we talked about this a lot, the three of us, but also in a, our kick out end of the year episode about Inoue, um, he has a lot to do to not get left behind, right? Because Anzai, and we're going to continue to talk about this towards the end of the episode, Anzai being the heavyweight and being a prodigy and really, I think, being modeled so much after, not just like Suwama, but just being modeled after like Jumbo Saruta um, and Jumbo Saruta's rise to Aestum. He is going to be in a position anyway where um, he could be left behind and, you know, be watching, you know, be behind in, uh, behind Anzai, watching Anzai's back. And that is where he doesn't want to be. So he's looking for these statement wins. And he's certainly looking to get a win over Anzai to prove that he is as good as Anzai and he can be in the ring with Anzai too. So they're really setting up just a classic All Japan rivalry and story between them. And this was, to me easily the best match of the tournament for that reason because there is so much story here and so much 
potential. And like Rachel was referring to those like incredible camera shots of Anzai on the ramp, looking back toward the ring and the camera there with Inoue in the center of the ring. Um, and he's on his knees and he's watching Anzai walk away from him. Um, you can't beat that. Like that is pro wrestling. That is all Japan. Um, so they certainly are the winners this month for, I think really, uh, what is the heart of all Japan and what is the most exciting story, um, that will potentially come, uh, through all Japan. I have to agree a hundred percent. I just love this match so much. I was looking forward to it. Um, they just work so well together. Like I have no complaints at all. A match I do have complaints about. Manabu Soya uh, defeating Suwama in six minutes and 50 seconds. Oh, no. It's just so funny. Like, just this Suwama Congo feud is just so funny now. I just sit there and just laugh the whole time. Um, the body bag spot, I will mention, I've kind of turned around on it. Like, I still don't like it, but it, it looks like to me, like, someone fell asleep at a sleepover, the first one to fall asleep, and the rest of the guys are just messing with them. Because they zip it up right to their neck and they just look like they're in a sleeping bag. So that's how I'm starting to like the body bags. But um, this was just a <laughs> oh, whatever match, really. I had to give it 17 stars because it made me laugh so hard that I had to pause and take a lap around my like kitchen. Because um, Swama is just out of his mind. And... Him, like, at one point he made a very Suwama noise as, like, an instruction to one of the twins. And that killed me. That was insane. And then um, <laughs> when Wada hit him with the DQ, that really, like, that took me out. That's what made me pause it and then go take a lap around my kitchen because I had to laugh that one out. Um, it was just the timing of Wada doing that. And, like, I watched this after he demanded that he get the rematch with um Keno and Soya um because he wanted Wada to be the ref so that made it even funnier knowing that like Wada cannot stand him and his bullshit and does not want to help him and actively roots like for Suama's downfall most of the time and he still said that like <laughs> with his whole chest still said I want Wada to be the ref even after um, like Wada looks him in the eye and like DQs him as soon as he goes for the final pin. I am obsessed with that. I think it's so funny. So yeah, 17 stars. Only knocked it down three stars because Suama can't stay in the goddamn ring to start a match ever. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I thought this was hysterical. Yeah, well said. <laughs> I I really love this match. Um, and that that is right. You actually, I think, watched this match after um the whole stipulation of oh I yep. want Wada too so you had this like sort of like and Wada's done that before like yeah. Wada has looked him in the eye and DQ'd him before but it was just the fact that he literally did that like after this happened and so that fucked me up that killed me oh my god anyway sorry go ahead no 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 I I just thought that was um a really good thing to point out because you had that extra perspective there that you watched it knowing that Suwama then somehow decided, oh yeah, Wada will totally be on my side. No, I I, I agree. This match was really funny. Um, it was it was fun. I thought it was cute that Soya went into this match um, really solely to get revenge 
um, for Keno because Keno also got into the uh, the body bag. So he was he's like, I'm gonna you know avenge my partner, and then he ends up in the body bag as well. And of course, Keno had a lot to say about that on Twitter. So it was just really cute. I love this storyline. It's really funny. Um, we have a lot more to say on that as well. So yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I just want to move to the junior tag, uh, Doi and Amari defeating Askeo and Haito. I have a question for you. Like, the crowd absolutely loved Haito. Do you think he's, like, top five loved in all Japan? Like, mm-hmm. definitely top five? Haito? hmm Yeah. Yeah, easily. I think that I don't know. I mean, like, we know. Like, we've seen it. We've seen the progression of what's gone on with him and, like, his character and everything. But it does still stun me how popular he's gotten so quickly from like where he was to then like what he has become but like people it doesn't really matter anymore where they go what venue they're in people adore him and people are so receptive to him and like I feel like all Japan are going to ride that wave out for a while because like whenever they throw a belt on him is going to be like a huge deal so the payoff for that, like they can really make a big moment out of that. Um, so I'm interested to see what their strategy is going to be on that. But like, I think that he is one of the most beloved people um, in the company right now. I always keep an eye on his merch too and see what that does um, on the web store too. And his stuff sells out quicker than a lot of other people's right now too. His stuff actually moves a little bit faster than Otsuki's depending on what it is. So it's interesting. Um, but yeah, definitely, I would say definitely a top five guy right now. Yeah, I never really try to rank um, the wrestlers because it, it can be so dependent on venue, crowd, just really anything. But it's really hard to deny how popular Hayato is. And I would definitely put him in the top five. Um, and thanks, um, Alicia, for the hot merch stats, because that is really interesting, um, especially that you know, he's selling more than Otsuki because merch does talk, you know, it's just kind of how it is. This, this is an industry. So um, that's, that's heartening. That's good to hear. It's, it's good to hear that he is so popular um, and selling as well as getting those cheers. And yeah, I, I can't deny it. You just can't deny like that, that crowd goes wild for him. Oh, I want to say about this match too, the tag. Um, I don't have like a crazy amount of notes on it because I thought that it was fine. I thought that Doi and um, Hakuto were very effective in their heel work in this. And uh, I thought that Asuki looked very confident in his work with Doi. So again, like much better build than before. But one of the more interesting moments to me was actually in Hayato having this moment where he almost got clipped by one of Asuki's handsprings off the ropes, but he moved in time, um, which that was kind of cool. Like he just has, he's um, he's really getting there. Like his ring awareness is really developing. And so like he knew he was in trouble and then he was able to move before Oski came off the ropes for the handspring. So they're growing up, the younger ones. They're, they're, they're developing ring awareness. It's great. <laughs> Can we talk about how um, mad I am at the crowd during the co-main before we get into the main <laughs> event? Just real quick, because this was not really, um, this was not a month of like super, super exciting, like great all Japan house show tags. I'm going to blame the presence of the people signed to the lion promotion. But um, that is the problem here is that 
um, the crowd were a bunch of state traders for um, Kojima Satoshi when they were cheering for him with um, Kento's theme. That is absolutely tragic to me. Um, my God. But this crowd really got behind Yuma going up against Kojima, which was really cool. So something coming off the carnival, right? A little bit of progression through that. Um, so yeah, it ended up being, I think, a fun main. And then what was nice was like, Kento was being like just ridiculous with his like Nagata saluting at the end. Um, but I did love Kento kicking Kojima in the face to play us out and being like a big baby about that because I don't think, I, I didn't think he was going to let the uh, the theme stuff go. My notes for this match are just about Yuma doing a peck dance and doing like a 360 so the audience can see what a thoughtful guy. <laughs> and also, I feel like Kojima ha- has been brought into All Japan because Kento needed someone to kick in the face. He has kicked that man in the face so many times. It's just like he has to be here to be kicked in the face. That's fine. <laughs> Rachel, you can't hear them, but Rachel's laughing at me. Oh, I'm <laughs> <in> my mind. <laughs> it is fine. It is fine. Actually, I really um, enjoyed their weird dynamic and their like strange non-teamwork during this match like when they would try a spot and they would stop and stare at each other and like sort of point like oh um it it was funny it was really charming um they play off of each other really really well and then of course um him existing to be kicked in the face is also very enjoyable um you you just can't deny that um as Alicia so eloquently put it (laughs) anyway um yeah that's that's how I felt about this match I thought Yuma came across as the star of the match and again that's how i wanted it um i want him to look like a star especially as we go into all together again um i thought there was really good tension just in general with um yuma and kento there was good chemistry there and then of course you have yuma and kojima um as sort of a big focus so i i enjoyed that um it wasn't my favorite match but um it definitely had some really good things well, we should discuss the main event <laughs> next I'm surprised it got 13 minutes. I will say that. That's really short. I thought it would get around 17, 20 minutes. Um, Honda looked good here. I just think the problem for me is that I never thought T-Hawk was in trouble. I always expected him to win. It was a good match. Honda looked good. He'll get there one day. But it's just T-Hawk's time. I did think this match was built well. I thought Honda coming back from getting kicked around in the beginning to have an incredibly strong middle of the match where he just looked really cool and like strong like I thought that worked really well I thought it was great uh like I don't know I overwhelmingly I did not agree with the winner here I I personally felt like T-Hawk versus Nagata was the most boring triple crown match I can remember and it's because like for me I'm very story motivated and to me there is just zero story between T-Hawk and Yuji Nagata there's nothing there Neither of them are signed to this promotion. We're dealing with Nagata as the Triple Crown uh, champion, but T-Hawk is not of this promotion. I don't give a shit about T-Hawk. I'm just going to be extremely honest. I don't care. There's nothing that makes me motivated to like see him be a Triple Crown champion right now. He's not of this promotion. He's not, there's just nothing there for me. That's why I really liked that this match happened at all, because at least there was this attempt from Honda, who is an all Japan wrestler, to bring something to that type of you know main event with Nagata something an attempt was made but I wasn't happy with this um yeah I don't know it just felt like um like how Smiley and and Jesse put it like the Shima tax like just more 
Shima attacks because we've got to keep paying for uh, uh, Anzai pinning him <laughs> at that crossover show forever. I don't know. I was not happy uh, about this at all. I was like extremely disappointed. I thought that like in theory, you could have had a, a nicer story with Honda, even if Honda just beat T-Hawk and lost to Nagata. Better story to me than um, T-Hawk going up against Nagata. It's just not a compelling triple crown match for me. Yeah, hard agree. Um, but I did really like that you pointed out that they didn't have to do this match. Um, I didn't think they were going to when the news of Ashino's injury broke. I messaged you, oh, T-Hawk versus Nagata is for sure happening because um, Nagata had nominated T-Hawk. So I assumed that the match was basically already made. It hadn't officially been made, but I thought it was in the books. Um, I really did. And um, they didn't have to sort of do it this way but they did and like you said that sort of adds an element of this is still all japan this is about getting the belts back to all japan but then you take that sort of hard left turn where you end up at t-hawk and nagata anyway um so that just felt kind of yeah like a, almost like this match was a detour and and it really wasn't because there is some storyline in here with with honda wanting to represent um, both his company and his tag team partner. And I thought that was nice. And um, yeah, I agree with Jesse that this match, you you really didn't feel like there was going to be a winner other than T-Hawk. Like I did have one moment, um, this really sick spot in the end game where T-Hawk uses his finisher from the turnbuckle. And I, I was just like, okay, the match is over. All right. And then Honda kicked out and I got so excited. And that was like my first big pop. <laughs> of the match and I, I that was like really the big thrill and af after that it you know the match winded down but um yeah there was there were some decent moments like you said Honda looked great he had that good spot in the middle it's just um yeah it's it is what it is <laughs> and um then we move on to T-Hawk and Nagata. So before we get back to Oji Japan we have to take a detour to Noah's Sunny Voyage on the 21st Keno and Manabu Soya defeated Suwama and Kono in 21 minutes and 12 seconds. So what do we think? <laughs> I loved this match. Um, I don't know. We're going we're gonna to have a little conversation about which one you guys preferred between the Voodoo Murders matches. Um, we'll, we'll do that once we get to the second one. But um, this one was really, it was fun. There was a lot of a lot of crowd walking, um, but I thought that was still enjoyable. Keno really really like selling these shenanigans I cannot stress that enough like he really enjoyed that rope spot and um like I, th I thought they looked great um I thought Suwama was really funny Kono was there um so Kono wasn't like too bad in it though it feels like Kono knows when he's gotta like show up lest <laughs> he earn the ire of like you know all Japan Twitter but he wasn't too too bad yeah, no, I mean, I agree. He just wasn't a highlight for the match for me. I mean, I, I was watching for three men and I got those three men and I was I was very happy with that. So I'm just really, um, he looked great. He was he was a star of this match as much as I love Keno and Soya. Um, so I was really just such a highlight. He was so funny and him shouting at the ref at the end. It, it was just all so good. Um, and then of course, Keno and Soya's teamwork is so good. They really feel like a very well-oiled machine. I'll talk about that later in the month too. And they just feel like a, a tag team, like capital T's all the way around. 
Um, and it just, it was fun to see. It was great to see their work. It's great to see them, you know, hug at the end and, and have that camaraderie. So it was kind of a good moment to watch them retain. I thought for sure that they would lose uh, later in the month when that match was announced. So I was like, okay, well, we'll enjoy it while we la while it lasted. But, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. Um, Alicia, I know you gave some thoughts, but I want to hear the rest. I just love the hardcore Noah fans who don't really watch a lot of all Japan. I love seeing them try to figure Suwama out. They love him. They're, they're, they're trying to wrap their minds around him. They think he's cute. We learned that a lot. Like that was really funny to like see people's like reactions, taking photos of him. They think he's kind of cute just because like of his reactions to things. And like, just, he's such a funny person, but he's hysterical. Like he, like the work he has done in this program has been unbelievably funny and unbelievably good. Um, and he's kind of always funny and strange. Like even when he's evolution Suwama, he's funny and strange, but like, I don't know, like he just kicked it into a different gear uh, for <laughs> this program. Um, so he's such a highlight to, uh, to this and like him, uh, him reacting to the booing, like even just coming down like the, uh, the aisle, like he was reacting to the Noah fans booing him and just like that alone. Like he's just so good at like those little details. So yeah. Um, so, uh, rather Keno and Soya, um, were of course excellent. And like, even though there's so many shenanigans in this match, um, like Keno and Soya are so good at shenanigans. They're both like people who are just really good um, at playing off of those things. I don't think that either of them get enough credit for um, how good they are um, with the, those kind of situations in matches, particularly Keno. Like people just don't give him the credit that he deserves for how naturally funny he is. Um, and also like his background, he's a Michinoku pro trained wrestler. Like, of course, like he's good at shenanigans and is funny. <laughs> like, I don't understand like why this is hard. Um, so like, these are things that come natural to Keno, which is why, uh, the work in this program came naturally to him. So yeah, so it, it just, it was fun. It just was such a joy. I'm so glad that they ended up doing it in um, in uh, Noah and that Kono didn't embarrass us. And I think it's good. Good stuff. I like that uh, critique of Kono is like, he wasn't too bad. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> um, I think we do have to mention a bit about what happened after the match. I know we touched on it a little bit before, but Suam wasn't happy and complained mostly about the Noah referee. He demanded uh, Kono and Soya defend the World Tag Team titles on All Japan with Kohei Wada working the match. The match was announced the next day, but it was a bit of a surprise since Suwama is now teaming with Rei Sato and not his usual partner in Kono. When they initially announced it as, like, Suwama's demanding that they redo the 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 match over at All Japan because he wants Kohei Wada to be the ref, I was like, okay, the Suwama... And, like, Lou talked about this on our more recent kickout episode where we were talking about Noah stuff. He felt like it would very much be a Suama thing to be the hero that brings home the belts to all Japan, even though that's not really what we want. But when I thought it was like going to be another Suama and Kono type of match, I thought for sure, oh, like Suama's going to take these belts back. No problem. Even though Wada's not going to help him. Um, but when they announced that um, one of the Saitos was joining, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> something else is going to happen. Like now that they've changed this, like, I wonder if this will be like where he gets like kicked out or like something's going to happen. That's weird. Um, so yeah, we'll talk more about that as we get into it, but it was that change of swapping Kono out where I was like, Oh yeah, this is, uh, this is not going to be what I thought it was. 
yeah, you you called it really right down the middle, not not to for any spoilers, but you straight up message like, oh, them switching it out totally, you know, that really convinces me that uh, Congo is going to retain and Suwama is getting kicked. I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I'll hope you're right. Um, because I, I was really nervous. I was very nervous. Um, I really, really was convinced that Suwama was taking those belts back. And, and I just really didn't want that as much as I love Suwama. Um, I actually, just because there were so many and there have been so many injuries in wrestling right now, I actually assumed that Kono was injured. Um, and so when I found out that they just swapped it out, everything made a little bit more sense. Like, oh, okay, yeah, Alicia's probably right. But I, I thought there was an injury afoot at first until I actually read into it. So now we move on to day four, the last day. It was on the 29th at Currican Hall. Kosuke Fujita, Oleg Bolton, and Ryohei Oyua defeated Ryu Inoue, Dan Tamara, and Akara Sato in 12 minutes and 27 seconds. Satoshi Kojima, Rising Haito, Oji Shiba, and Yoshitatsu defeated Toriyano, Black Manta Ray, Kataru Suzuki, and Mitsuya Nagai in 8 minutes and 15 seconds. Suji Ishikawa, Ren Ayabe, and Oscar Loibe defeated Toshizo, Kono, and Jun Saito in 8 minutes and 55 seconds. Yuma Anzai defeated Ruki Honda in 7 minutes and 33 seconds. Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi defeated Hokuto Amore and Minoru Suzuki in 11 minutes and 35 seconds. In the junior heavyweight title match, Asuka Yagi defeated Naruki Doi in 17 minutes and 5 seconds to become the new junior champion. In the world tag team title match, Keno and Minobu Soya defeated Suwama and Rei Saito in 17 minutes and 36 seconds to retain. And in the triple crown match, Yuji Nagata defeated T-Hawk in 22 minutes and 26 seconds to retain. We also got some announcements on the show. Altogether matches, which we will talk about a bit later. Anita and Tatsu will defend their belts in another explosion match against Hikaru Sato and Ryo Kawamura. Participants for the June 15th show are Keito Ishida, Kotaro Suzuki, Yutani, Alan Takuya Namura, and Fumnaro Abe. For the Otto Ward show on the 17th, matches were announced. Tayokiya, Minoru Suzuki, and Mazda versus Jun Saito, Rei Saito, and Toshizo. Evolution Girls will also be in action as Chichi and Sunny take on Miyumi Ozaki and Maya Yukihi. Dan Tamara and Akara Sato versus the BJW team of Sakura Nomura and Kazuma Yoshida. Also, Stan Hansen will be in attendance, which is really cool and fun to have him back. On the 26th show, Kento versus Katara Suzuki has been announced. And on the 16th of June, Kento, Yuma, Asuki, and Anzai will appear on Yuji Nagata's produced show, Blue Justice 12. And that, I think, is on New Japan World. Probably cost $30, too. Mm-hmm. you are not wrong um but what did you guys think of some of these announcements because there is some exciting stuff in here i am so excited about kento and kotaro's singles match love and exceed reunion in that way that'll be so cool and so fun i was really excited about that and i am excited that we're gonna get uh takinomura back on some of these cards and um, Fuminori Abe as well. Um, it's nice to see some BJW guys back on because it feels like we were so hot on BJW for a while with like a lot of guys coming in and now we don't get any guys. So it's nice to have some other people than um, uh, Glate guys, to be quite honest. Coming in, I'm just, I'm tired. I, I'm sorry, I can't even hide. I'm tired of, of Glate. I don't, don't want to see Glate people anymore. Don't want to have Shima people around anymore. I want BJW people and other people coming in. I'll talk about that a little bit more when I talk about Otsuki too, because I have some thoughts. But um, 
Yeah, that's how I feel about that. So yeah, so that stuff looks really cool. I also think that the Evo girls match, this is a match I'm super excited for um, because I'm really, really, really into uh, Mayumi Ozaki and Maya Yukihi. I really, really like them because we've seen them a bunch of times now in all Japan. So um, yeah, stoked about that one. I miss that they're not going to team up with Suama because they just have great chemistry. But I'm so excited to have um, Sunny debut because she wasn't in the other match with the Evolution girls. Um, BJW wrestlers, I'm always happy to have them back, especially Nomura and Abe. I just love them so much. Um, I am a little bit higher on the great guys than Alicia. So I don't mind having Elon and Yutani especially show up. I really like them. Um, but there's a lot um, next month. It's exciting. And Stan Hansen's coming back. That's exciting. We didn't get him... We didn't get him for something last year because he got COVID and he couldn't come. It might have been uh, actually Jumbo's memorial that he was meant to come and then he couldn't come. And then we did get him actually for the Budokan. He was there for that and he also threw out a baseball pitch. So he was here for the Budokan. But it'll be nice to have him for an event like this too. Yeah, you you guys said it. I am excited to see you, Tani, again. I was interested in him. But otherwise, I'm really – I was going to say I hate to say it, but I really don't hate to say it. I'm with Alicia. I mean, I'm tired. I'm tired of Glate. Um, I am excited to see the BJW guys back. They're just my preference between the companies that All Japan is working with. They have really good synergy. And I think it's just um, really enjoyable to see. I am the one that stood out to me the most was definitely Kento versus Kotaro Suzuki. Um, and like I said, that's a really fun little Exceed reunion. Um, I know Alicia and I are hoping for another Exceed reunion um, later on, maybe fingers crossed. I know we keep talking about maybe an Axis versus Kento Miyahara Yuma match. No, you know, big guesses yet, but we really, really hope that will happen. So maybe this will be a prelude. I don't know. Might be reading too much into it, but I'm excited. Where do we start with the show? It was a lot and there were big matches and small matches, but I think we should just get the main event out of the way because there's so much more fun stuff to talk about. So I was a bit worried about this one. I know T-Hawk is a very fast man, while Nagata is a very slow man. But I didn't think it was this bad. I feel bad because, like, I do like T-Hawk. I know this is not a popular opinion on Talking Triple Ground, but I think they worked well together. Nagata looked energized, and T-Hawk definitely played to everyone's heartstrings, coming out to the first little bar of, Ashino's theme and then pointing to Ashino who was on the balcony watching and screaming his name. I didn't think it was this bad. I quite liked it. And surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, Anzai came out to challenge next. This was going to happen sooner or later. Um, I'm happy he got it against Nagata since they did spend a lot of time together. But um, yeah, he said backstage, some may say, what is this young rookie saying? But I'll flip those comments and bring the three crowns back. And that translation was from All Japan's international Twitter. So hopefully they keep coming back with the translated backstage promos. So the match wasn't bad, but I will say what I liked the most about it. And that's that the match wasn't about T-Hawk at all. The match was about the rightful challenger. And that's Ashina Shotaro. And that's, Right at the at the top, like you mentioned, T Hawk playing at the first bar of fuel before then his theme music kicked in. Ashino was there in the balcony. He had done a meet and greet before. Um, I appreciated that gesture. Ultimately, I thought it was really classy of T Hawk to do something like that because 
he's only in those circumstances because Ashino got injured and I'm glad that that was recognized. Um, but this really, to me, felt like, you know, like, like T-Hawk gets a big match. He can put that on his resume. But ultimately, this was all about paying tribute to Ashino, who should have been there. And I was really grateful, too, that it seems like All Japan is not going to let this, like, be completely backburnered. Um, even, like, Ashino, I think, like, four days after he won um, Champion Carnival and I think already knew that he was injured because he was casted for it, um, he, like, took his pictures for um, a Shoe Pro article talking about what had happened. And so, like, those pictures are out there of him and, like, his nice, like, outfit standing with the champion carnival trophy. And like, these are things that they're going to be able to use and pick up back and pick back up with when he comes back from this injury. Thankfully today, he is not casted anymore. The cast is off. So we're, we're getting there with him. I think he's starting to work out more. Um, and it looks like from his x-ray that he posted that like the bones are where they need to be again, which is great. So he's, he's getting there. But um, yeah, to me, like, it's a fine match. It's, it, it was never going to blow my mind. I just don't care. Um, which is like, you know, that's fine. Jesse is here to care and tell you why it was a good match. I'm just, I just don't care. I care about Ashino and I care about him getting better so that we can get back on track with, to me, what is the story of him um, facing Nagata. And I hope that's still what they plan on giving us. Because um, that to get, again, it's just like, that's really the heart of the matter, I think, is, is getting him in front of Nagata and, uh, and getting through that chapter of that story with him. Um, so yeah, I think Anzai challenging is ultimately really cool. I hope that that's like an industry shakeup sort of thing to have like a super rookie like this challenging. I can't think of a time where this is like really happened where I've been a fan. Okada comes to mind. Like I can't like remember the last time this really would have happened in the same way. Um, but he really is like a young Jumbo Saruta, like Dr. Jonathan and I were talking about this. Like, um, the only thing that's different is that he's not getting the crowd pushback that Jumbo got. Um, when he was like the very young um, super rookie, I thought that um, Anzai looked so nervous when he was coming out to do this. He does the same incredibly nervous exhale that um, actually Yuma Aoyagi does when he's really nervous, which is like really cute. Um, I think that he can work through this and I think he can do this and I think he's going to have a great match. Um, I'm not really surprised they're doing this with him, but it's just remarkable that this is the position that he's already being put in. And, you know, he's like, he's barely a year into being a full-time performer. So it's extraordinary, really extraordinary times over there. I think it's a cool decision. Um, I believe that Nagata will probably retain. Um, There's maybe an outside chance that this goes to Anzai, but I would be very unhappy with that because I think that you have to have Yuma Aoyagi become triple crown champion before you give it to Yuma Anzai. That being said, I think it's cool. And uh, I'm glad we're through this defense. Really well said. And first and foremost, thank you for that update on Ashno because I hadn't seen that yet. And that makes me very, very happy um, to hear. And I am glad that he is getting through it so well. Um, but yeah, um, that's pretty much how I feel. I like my best parts of this match were the parts that had to deal with Ashno. Um, I thought it was interesting earlier when you mentioned how boring of a defense and defense announcement this is um, because you were such a big story guy. And uh, what really salvaged this match for me was the story, but it wasn't a story about T-Hawk or really Nagata. It, it was about Ashino. Um, 
And that was, that was where the story beats were. And I really give All Japan a lot of credit for that. It was very heartening. It was very hopeful. And um, I really hope it meant a lot to Ashino as well. Uh, I can't imagine it didn't. We saw him um, post that little picture of him and T-Hawk afterwards. Um, so, you know, the, that gesture of playing fuel and, and pointing to him definitely meant something to him. Of course, those two have a lot of history together. And, and of course the caption was hysterical because he wanted uh, T-Hawk to play, to pay the royalties. To, yeah, uh, the royalties to Metallica. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that was definitely where the match sat with me is that I, I really appreciate that they did that for Ashno. And, and when he comes back, he'll come back strong and hopefully he'll take the triple crown but uh we'll just see unless uh Amzai pulls it off which you know um I don't think he will <laughs> but it's it's great that this match is happening you summed it up really well that it's it's a really cool industry shakeup that it's happening at all um and that that is very exciting it's exciting it's against his debut opponent it's it's just a it's a really cool thing um but if he wins it's going to be very interesting I'll just say that I'm Really hoping that doesn't happen as much as I love on I, really I love can. him. It wouldn't be his fault, but I'd be very salty. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be a little bitter for the rest of my life. And I don't want to feel that way against uh, Yuma Hansai. I think it'll be like the only time I'm rooting against a Yuma in a triple crown match. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Of course, they would let a Yuma finally win the triple crown and it's not the right Yuma. Like that would be <laughs> what it is would lose my mind um yeah so we're on a sort of a trend with the title matches so let's just move um right along what were your thoughts alicia you teased us earlier so now you got to talk about it on atsuki aoyagi versus naraki doi uh all right well i'll start with i guess the overwhelmingly positive i thought the new gear from atsuki looks fantastic that color scheme on him excellent loved it loved it loved it loved it um so yeah, I think like one of the, and one of the more overwhelmingly positive notes I have on this match is like, again, like Doi and his mind for wrestling and how he can learn your moveset and learn how to cut you off to stop you. Um, I thought this part of the match was cool when he like, he followed Otsuki into a corner and just literally pushed him off a ring post to stop him from going into one of his signatures. That was just so effective. It's so simple. There's nothing more simple than that. And yet he did it so fluidly and so effectively, and it completely neutralized anything that Otsuki was about to do. I love stuff like that. He makes it look like genius heel work, and it's really not that crazy. It's it's just so simple. Um, but he did a lot of that. Like he was just cutting Otsuki off and nullifying his offense. And it looked awesome. It was just like really good, uh, clean work. And there was that spot where like he got his knees up during one of Otsuki's moonsaults. And then he had that beautiful basement drop kick to Otsuki's head. And that looked so cool. And just again, so effective and like how good Doi is at like learning your moveset to then use it against you. It's just perfect. But a lot of the stuff that I complained about with Otsuki from um, his first reign still applies here in this match. I think a lot of Otsuki's comeback spots look robotic. It looks like he's going through the motions because he knows in his head he has to go from A to B to C to D to E. And he doesn't allow what his opponent is doing to him to affect him at all so that it makes going from A to B to C to D look natural. That's the only way that I can describe it. And I hope that makes sense. But it, I really struggle with that with him. It's something I think that is innate to his style of wrestling. But it's very much him 
going through the motions and just not thinking about what Doi just did to him and what he can do to make his comeback spots look just less clean every time. And I still think that the build to this match was much better than the last one. And to be honest, like the crowd believes in Atsuki as a beaten down hero against Doi. And that does count for something. This comes across in just about every match that Atsuki had um, on this tour. But for me, this this match only showed me how great Doi is as a wrestler and how far Atsuki still has to go. And I wasn't a fan in general of this belt going back to Atsuki so soon. So yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I struggled with that. I think ultimately it's it's fine if I don't, and this is, you know, where we're already in trouble. I don't want to see just like a, a revolving door of late challengers for Atsuki. I don't know who else would challenge otherwise at this point, because I, I don't even know who from all Japan, like his, the, the junior division can step up right now to challenge. I would like to see other challengers from quite literally anywhere else. I would like someone to come over from Noah. I would like someone to come over from BJW. We're about to go into all together again. Asuka's going to be put in front of other people from other companies, right? I forget what his match that just got announced looks like right now. He's on a team with Hiromu and Hiromu um... and Hayata. No, 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 no. Um... Amasa. Amasa. Yes. Amakasa. So he's on that side with them. And then Hayat Hayat oh god, Hayato is on the side with two other people. Hayato and Wato. Wato and who else? Hayata. Hayata. I would take a Hayata defense only because <laughs> I just buried him on the Noah episode for kickout too. Only because it would just be someone else in front of Atsuki, and Atsuki would have to react and show us how he can figure out how to wrestle against them. So yeah, I think that you're going to put the belt back on Oski. They've got to they've got to reach out to other companies other than Glate and get some more interesting candidates in front of Oski. But that's kind of where I I I landed. I think that um Doi is fucking amazing. He's a great wrestler. Oski is I adore him. I love Oski Ayagi. I think he has a long way to go to being a really strong singles wrestler and this showed me that once again yeah that's um pretty much uh hits the nail on the head for what i'm thinking about asking in defense um but i just before i get into that i will say i did like this match the bump asking took at the start really freaked me out because nick Conley was down there for, for a while and doi was in the ring booing for a whole like you know minute it felt like and when asky came back in the ring he was holding his neck like nearly the entire time I did like the finish when Asuki had to hit move after move. So he hit Spanish fly, two moonsaults, and then his five slash foot Doi away. And I think Doi's the opponent where you need to hit multiple moves to put him away. I'm sad his reign has come to an end. I really do like Doi, but he has been announced on another All Japan show. So fingers crossed he sticks around for a while. Um, yeah, but that's your defense. Basically everything you said, Alicia, like he needs to defend against other people. I know BJW guys are coming in. I would love uh, Abe defense. I think that would be great. I'm not sold on high top defense because I think he'll probably just win the belt. Um, I have like a dream match and this person has come back to wrestling recently and I would love to see him defend the belt against Koji Iwamoto, like the old ace and the new ace, like just bring him in for one show and just let him have that defense. Like, I think that would be perfect and like a really big win in um, his career, but that is a dream match. But um, yes. 
this match was pretty good. Iwamoto would be a lovely shout if if they could get that match and, and he's good to do a match on, on a high high stage. That would be really, really cool. Um, yeah, I you guys really said it. It's just um, I'm glad they're not doing an exact repeat of his last run, but really what are we going to do um, if we don't bring in more people? We don't really have that many um, people on the roster. It is a small roster. It's a very small junior roster. So there's just not a lot you can do to avoid a rerun of his run unless you are bringing in these outside people. And that's not a bad thing, but if you're bringing in the same Blake guys over and over or, or really anything like that, it, it just gets tiresome. It's all very tiresome. Um, so there's a little bit of this rock and hard place as far as like now we have another Otsuki reign to to book and figure out it might end up being great um I don't know fingers crossed that it ends up doing great things for him and gets him working with a lot of different people and it ends on whoever takes the belt from him gets elevated fingers crossed for Hayato <laughs> but um you know that that's where I'm at yeah the, the match itself you guys really said it all it was a good match um Doi's a phenomenal wrestler he loves getting booed <laughs> i i wish i loved anything as much as as that man loves getting booed and he he just did such a good job trying to get um the crowd you know going for otsuki which really doesn't take much because otsuki's very popular but um but yeah he really worked that crowd and, and it was just um really good very classic sort of match don't really necessarily agree that it's Oski's time for another run with the belt but fingers crossed that they uh they take some of our advice and uh and get someone get some people uh in there and and I liked what you said about all together that that might you know bring something and to the table set something up um that would be really cool uh Keno actually just noted on his channel that this show was kind of a mini altogether again because there were just so many people from different companies. I thought that was interesting to uh, to think about as well. So when you said that, that's what reminded me. I'm also hoping that like their match altogether again. I mean, granted, we're going to talk about this in a bit because we have an altogether again segment. But um, on the subject of it, I am hoping that those guys are essentially like not auditioning, but just like the guys that will end up going to Philly for Hiromu's second show, which will be in Philly, the 2300 Arena. I really want Atsuki and um, particularly Hayato to, for selfish reasons, for, um, to, be, <laughs> to be the ones sent over um, to be included, to go to America, perform in Philly at the famous 2300 Arena. Um, so I'm really hoping that's what we're heading toward. Also, Wato just won Best of the Super Juniors and they had that match him and Atsuki at Hiromu's first show. So are we potentially leading to like a little Wato Atsuki bowl? I don't know. Could something come of that? We'll see. It'll be interesting to see some of these guys interact at all together again. Uh, quickly, because I think we all forgot to mention it, but um, afterwards Atsuki got on the mic and he announced his next challenger was Keito Ishida. So someone from Glee will challenge for the belt next. Yeah, we had all uh, vagued it, but thanks for actually saying the name. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. <laughs> it's not Sorry. like a, not like a Scottish play situation where we we don't want to say his name. <laughs> but, but yes, I do. That's a great reference. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, um, did we want to move on to the next title match, or did you guys have another match you wanted to talk about first? 
I do want to say, I don't know how much time we're going to spend on it. I just don't want to forget to mention it. Um, Because I didn't realize until after I uh, watched it, the opener with Kosei Fujita, um, Oleg Bolton, and Ryo Oiwa versus our All Japan guys and Dan Tamara, Hikorosato, and Ryo Inoue. Bolton, um, he was not supposed to be in the match. Yuto Nakashima got hurt and was replaced by him and I did not realize that until after when I was bitching to Rachel that I would have preferred to see Yuto on the card um and then I saw uh it was actually Oscar who was tweeting about um Yuto being hurt so I don't have an update on Yuto but I do hope he's okay hope he gets well soon and that we uh see him back in in all Japan ring because um it's always fantastic seeing the young lions uh, this match was great the storyline between Inoue and Fujita just continues and they have just a really intense rivalry. It comes back to what you were saying about looking for that signature win. He really, really, really wants to pin Fujita and you can just feel that um, in this match. And I'm, I'm hoping we see more of it. I'm really hoping we talk about it all the time that he does get the pin on Fujita someday. Um, but we, we just don't know, <laughs> um, you know, politics are what they are, but maybe you, you, wrestling is a long winding road so um we can we can really hope but yeah i thought they were phenomenal as always just very compelling there were so many interesting little things in this match too if you follow the dynamics of like the new japan uh young lions i loved oiwa stealing the pit or the tag rather off of um fujida very early on from the start because they still have heat with each other because like I think Rio Oiwa still really thinks that uh, Fujita abandoned them and went off to do TMDK stuff and then kind of left them to do Young Lion stuff. So that's kind of fun. I loved Oiwa going up against Sato. He was so reckless in the way that he kept shooting in on Sato and Sato handled him like a veteran who knows how to handle like a more rookie guy shooting in on him. But I loved that because like, they're just like a bunch of like hungry young guys who are really bold Um and they like have the full confidence of like, yeah, I can take on Hikaru Sato and like shoot it on him. And like, I'm definitely going to take him down. Yeah. Like I just, I like, I love that though, about like these guys, like they are so bold and so cocky. Um, and every time I see Oiwa, his mullet is longer and he has like the body of like a Kensuke Sasaki. He's just getting wider. Yeah. It looks really cool. He looks very classic. I think yeah. we actually talk about it all the time is that he looks like a he looks like a wrestler like that yeah he looks like a wrestler in the same way that like like a Ricky Choshu or like a Kensuke Sasaki like that is what Ryohei Oiwa looks like to me and then just to mention uh Kosei Fujita just got his first like significant pin in a tag against Gato in a New Japan ring um so yeah there's your New Japan young lion lore aside from Kenta they're like the most fascinating group of people um to me and also Kanemaru but you know what I mean before we get to the uh, title tag team match, I want to talk about another tag team match, which was Kento Anima versus Hokuto Amore and Minoru Suzuki. The Kento's music started and then changed into humans. I'm just like, okay, is this something like, are they going to be teaming again? Because like, All Japan doesn't have a lot of teams right now, especially with the Shino injured and uh, what we'll get later to with Soama. But um, I thought it was just a bit odd. Like, I love the Kento Yuma team. I thought, okay, this match is for me. They're teaming again. But I thought there would be like some uh, thing leading to all together again since they're on opposite teams. 
but it just ended with Hokuto punching Kento in the face and then they just left it together. It was a bit strange, but then teaming again is always like, you know, pulling on my heartstrings. I'm so glad to hear your opinions on it, Jesse. I wanted to get your sense of what you felt it was. I noted to Rachel as well when we were talking that it did not feel like Kento and Yuma of Next Dream tagging. I was really curious if that would be the feeling that we got when we watched them. And that's not what we got, which is really interesting. I think that makes sense from a storyline perspective. We're coming off of Yuma having just beat Kento in a singles match for the first time in his career. The dynamics have been shifting between them now for a while. Yuma walked out to, you know, his own music before Kento cut back in. Um, that's different than, you know, how things have normally been in the past. Kento, or rather Yuma, has had to walk out to Kento's music. And that's, you know, because he's the younger guy. He's the junior um, to Kento's senior. And um, now it's different. Yuma is, like, really, like, coming into his own. And we're, we're starting to see the dynamics between them shift. So, I don't know if it's ever going to quite feel like Yuma and Kento of the original Next Stream run between them ever again. And I think that's sad in some ways because I'm also such a huge fan of their run and their dynamics together. But I'm also really excited and eager to see another run where the dynamics have shifted and they have changed. Um, So yeah, I thought that was really interesting too. This was ultimately not about them being the guys from next stream again i will say that kento was being very interesting in his twitter activity around this match he was of course lurking through the all japan tag as he does um and he like he was retweeting a bunch of photos of them um including very nostalgic photo sets of them that fans were posting from like their actual next stream tag days um so he was thinking about it and um they both had very interesting like pictures with each other and photos of each other afterward and kento had like his classic like what is this feeling in my chest is this longing for friendship with yuma like his very classic like afterward thoughts so i think this is hinting at a next stream reunion between them. I just think the dynamics between them have shifted so much because Yuma is such a different person and wrestler and character than we've like seen him with Kento, right? Yuma's not really different to us, but Yuma is different to Kento. And I think that's great. That shows like the storyline progression um, that we should be seeing at this point um, with uh, between them, with Jake gone, next stream, what have you. So I'm excited to see this develop. And I think that... Should I save my thought for the all together again section? I think this will be very relevant. Come all together again. I think this will be very relevant. I'll keep I'll keep my thought for the relevant section, but I think this will be important for that. But they seem to have been hinting around a reunion. It's just not going to feel the way it's felt in the past. Yeah, I'm glad you guys brought that up um, because I feel the same. This match really wasn't built around them as a tag team, despite like, Kento sort of making it feel like it was going to. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I like what we got. Um, But I am excited to see how that develops, how their team develops. I think, Alicia, you said it best, is um, their dynamic is just going to be different now. It just has to be different now because Yuma is a made man. Um, He's shined all month, like I said. Um, So, yeah, I thought that was tantalizing would be the word. Um, very compelling and exciting to see. And of course, I'm not going to also talk about all together again, but I have a lot of hopes and dreams and wishes um, for what will come of their tag team. I, I know we've talked about it just a little bit already. 
Um, speaking of what we've talked about, I mentioned really, really liking Hokuto and Kento together and what they've got going on. And that really ended up being a big part of this match, a really big focus of this match. Um, Hokuto's just really going straight for Kento. And, and you have that like really phenomenal punch after the bell. Um, that was really intense. Um, I actually, I wanted to, I was going to mention that um, T-Hawk had a punch on Nagata and I was like, it's the second best punch of this show. Sorry, T-Hawk, uh, because this was just a really cool moment. And uh, yeah, and then after the match, Kento stated um, that the only thing Hokuto Omori needs to do is beat the stronger wrestlers who stand in his way. And that just completely cracked me up. I think, Alicia, you said like... Um, he basically said, if I were Hokuto Omori, I would simply get good. <laughs> and that's <laughs> what it is. But it, but it's also Kento rooting for Hokuto in his own Kento-esque way. Um, he's really just wants him to succeed and is boosting him up and, and challenging him and trying to get him to that level where he's going to take it to Kento. And I just, I liked it. I liked it the whole match. But this is how Kento builds people. We just talked about this and, um, and we'll talk about it again next stream part two. We'll We'll see the light of day, but next stream part one is out <laughs> and we talk about it in next stream part one. This is how Kento builds people. And sometimes it doesn't feel good. Actually, I will say most of the time it doesn't feel good. He's not kind to people in the way that he builds people up most of the time. And um, that's, you know, that's going to be a factor, I think, in how he how he builds up Hokuto Amori. But certainly he is he is cluing you into how much he's making this a project for himself. And he wants to, you know, he wants to see Hokuto Amori um succeed in a way that we have not seen omori succeed yet even it's moving into heavyweight he had a weird champion carnival um so i expect we will see really interesting things come out of that with both of them um and i did think that, and i'm curious to see too jesse what you thought of this but i thought one of the better parts of the fallout of this match was yuma standing up to suzuki and catching that kick off him when suzuki was on the ramp threatening to hit him with a chair and stuff um but i thought that was awesome like i really think that Yuma is a different type of person and wrestler and character. And I don't necessarily think he needs to be the always the domineering sort of like scary guy. But I did like that he stood up to Suzuki and caught that kick and like really looked like a big guy, like a big deal. Like he like drew himself up to his full height. I thought that stuff looked really cool coming out of Yuma. And I thought that was important. I like Suzuki going to hit him with a chair and then just dropping it and walking away. And then Yuma being Yuma gets up picks up the chairs, put them back in place. It's just a very Yuma thing. <laughs> He's done it before. Yeah. So let's move on to the match I think we all want to talk about, which is the World Tag Team titles. Um, Kenna and Soya retain against Suwama and Ray. And um, Rachel, please start us off with Kenna. First off, what I wanted um, to say like about the last match was that Wado just had a very annoying day between Suzuki and Sawama. <laughs> and so it was um, very funny that we were sort of talking about these matches stacked on top of each other because we have another situation of Wada just having to deal with Suwama and, and actually I expected there to be more I did expect um, the was it the fuck you DQ as uh, Alicia called it so eloquently but yeah I, I thought this match was um fantastic I really liked it I actually I thought about this long and long and hard and I do think I like this match better than the Noah one um I mean I like Ray, Sa Ray Saito more so there is that but um 
in general, I thought it was really fun. I really like, and I know we talked about it before, but, um, and I love that Alicia talked about this too. Keno and Soya's um, teamwork here, really, really good. Um, their way of working around shenanigans um, and, you know, putting in their own sort of Looney Tunes um, comedy is really, really good. I love how they scouted stuff from their last match and from like sort of preview matches and worked around it, like with the powder spot where um, Keno faints, uh, faints through that powder spot and Suwama ends up hitting Ray and then Soya comes in and, you know, annihilates everybody because they just have that really, really good synchronization and Keno's, you know, a master strategician. So he's, you know, really scouted it out. It just worked really, really well. Um, they really felt like scrappy baby faces um, because they just look so small compared to the other two guys who are just absolutely massive. Um, so in that way, having Ray in there was a really great choice because they just looked like just the scrappiest baby faces. We're going to go in, we're going to take down these shenanigans. And then they got a lot of, they got a lot of shenan <laughs> shenanigans. We got a lot of stuff, especially, um, I actually like the walking segments more than most voodoo murder matches. Um, I again, kind of just really like selling this stuff. So um, it was just really fun watching him getting beat up by the sign. We got some umbrella action, which is always fun to see. Um, yeah, it was really good. Keno sold um, some of those su suplexes. Like he weighed nothing at all. Just really good ragdoll physics from him. Um, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, I did think it was interesting that Keno was playing this scrappy baby face um, really, really contrast to how he is over um, in his other tag team run um, with Shuji Kondo over in Dragon Gate, where he is just a completely dominant heel force. Like he's annihilating those guys, like chewing them up, spitting them out for breakfast. Um, so it's really interesting to see um, the differences there, but I really, really prefer and like what he's doing over here. I agree um, with Rachel. Like, I really like this match. I thought Kenner and Soya were great. My first thought when Kenner came to the ring is like, wow, he's too fancy for all Japan. Like, this boy looks fancy. Um, I was just waiting for miscommunications with Ray and Suama. Like, it was going to happen. I think it happened like three or four times. Um, the powder spot was the big one, but it's just like, okay, just like, you know, bring it on. Let's get the miscommunication. Um, I did like when... Wada stopped Suama hitting with the chair. And so he brought the chair to the outside. And then you just see another chair just slide in the ring. But this match was good. Um, yeah. So, Alicia, your thoughts on the match before we get to the ending? The botched powder spot was like a Voodoo Murders classic spot at this point, <laughs> right? Like, it just kind of feels like it's great. You can just expect it. It's awesome. I think it's great. Um, I, I definitely liked this one so much more than the Noah one, which is really it says a lot because I thought the Noah one was really good too but like this just had I think Ray added a lot to this honestly and that's also not saying that much because like Kono is Kono but like Ray was good in this I thought that this was a really good opportunity for him um I I really could have felt some type of way about a team holding the world tag belts this long taking them off of Nomu Yagi and I do strongly believe that Nomu Yagi lost them in part or probably completely because um, Naoya was hurt 
and like really, really, really hurting, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Um, but Keno and Soya are such a good tag team. And it goes back to what Rachel has been saying about like how synchronized they are. And this is just what makes a good tag team. Like they share the same brain when they work together. And it's so evident in, um, in this run. And that's why it's just been such a joy to watch them. That's why it doesn't feel like exponentially terrible that there's like this team that's really holding on to the belts right now um so it's and it's just such a joy to watch like Keno and Soya work against Suwama in particular it's just so obvious that these guys enjoyed working together and had fun with it and enjoyed the promos and everything else um so yeah I'm just like so thrilled that this has worked out the way that it did I loved um I love anytime Suwama threatens to hit Wada with a chair and Wada just like stares him right in the eye I think that is so funny because <laughs> it's just like Wada just is like do it do it and he just he never really does but jesse to jesse's point it was hysterical that he just like slipped another chair right into the ring when wada's back was turned so yeah all that stuff is good and um yeah highly enjoyable definitely one of the better matches of the month unfortunately we do have a little bit of sad news that we might be seeing an end of alicia's wrestler of the year voodoo murders suwama because we do get the ending that alicia predicted and that is suwama gets kicked out of voodoo murders taru um, comes in sort of to seemingly save him from the saitos at first but then um ends up calling for his execution and uh yeah we get get the body bag and everything and it was um really interesting i want to hear your thoughts on that um jesse what did you think i thought it was going to happen I am surprised that Toshizo and Kono, who are at ringside, like, didn't join in. Like, they tried to stop the Saito's uh, beating up Suwama. So I'm wondering where that leads. Not that I really want to see more Kono, but it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, the body bag spot was so funny because Suwama's just, like, squirming around, like, trying to get out of it or trying to roll out the ring. Uh, Kojima and Suji run in to, you know, run off the Saito's, which was surprising. Suji offered Suwama his hand, but Suwama knocked it away and just left. So maybe we're going to get Violent Giants again, which would be cool because I really did like that tag team. Or maybe it's just like Suwama just, you know, denying it. Like, no, I'm still in Voodoo Murders. Like, you can't kick me out. Like, I'm Suwama. Like, who do you think you are? But this is the most excited I've been for a Voodoo Murder storyline in a long time. So <laughs> I want next month to hurry up and get here. So we know what happens. Yeah, it was interesting. I feel conflicted because he's been so funny. Now I don't want it to end. So it's like they worked me back into a corner with this. Um, I thought it was a really funny segment. And uh, his tweet afterward was really interesting because he he's not using um, his now classic emojis because he's not in Voodoo Murders. But he made like a tweet where he said he was basically at a crossroads because we see him he doesn't embrace uh you know shuji or the other guy that came out to uh of course it's like he's gonna be around forever now kojima um <laughs> he doesn't he does not rush to embrace them he says he's um he cannot forgive the saito so that's gonna still carry on for a while i think um he said he's at a crossroads. So I think that's going to be really interesting. And it's interesting that, like, I don't know what they're going to do with Kono or Toshizo. 
Like, I have no idea. Like, what do you do with it with that? Like, so she's just been off shows for weeks. And then they bring him on just so he can watch Suama get kicked out. It's like, what are you going to do with him? Um, so that'll be fascinating to see play out. But, like, I don't know what they do with Suama. Um, they could have him do something with, like, I would love to see Violent Giants again. I think, like, that would be a really strong t- uh, tag team to bring back. Um, but then, like, what ha- what do you do with Kojima? What do we do with him? And like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of questions right now, but it was interesting that he went right into, I'm at a crossroads. And also at this moment did not um, have uh, Sato or Dan come out to um, say anything at all to him yet. And usually like evolution, as weird as they are, um, usually there's like some sort of, uh, they come to collect their own. Let's say that evolution is so bizarre, but that's not what they're doing right now. So I'm fascinated to see how this all plays out, but I can still sneak my evolution court idea into this, I think, which is the good news. So TBD on that. That's exactly how I feel. I think evolution should be involved in this. Um, it being the Osans only is kind of underwhelming. Um, but well, Sato's like obsessed with Nagata right now, like really um... weirdly obsessed. Cause one thing I think is really funny and Rachel and I've been talking about this, like, Sato is so weirdly loyal to him. Like he's always doing the saluting. Um, He does this weird thing in his own matches where he has to ask the ref 87 times if it was a three count after the three count. But he does it with Nagata too, where like after Nagata beat T-Hawk, he had to go and ask the ref, like, is that really a three count? And it's like, that was the most decisive, like that was a very decisive win. Like, yes, like it's a three count Sato. So like he's obsessed with, Nagata right now so I don't know if like he's so loyal to Nagata he's just not they don't really care about Tuama right now found a new old man found a new Osana follow man well we'll see hopefully you're right we get we get a court exercise the rest of the demon out of Suama or whatever is going on there um, I literally just closed out of before recording, closed out of Keno's channel, and he actually talks about this story as well, and he says some really funny things, so I wanted to mention them. Um, he says that he finds Suwama very cute. He has a lot of affection for him, um, which I thought it was funny that uh, Alicia noted that a lot of Noah fans find Suwama cute because so does Keno, as it turns out, um, and thinks that he's clumsy, but he tries really hard. And if he's no longer in Voodoo Murders and at a crossroads in his career and might be thinking retirement, then he'll give him a new lease on life and let him be um, the bag boy and the mascot for uh, for Keno and basically be his young boy if that's what he wants. And uh, yeah, that door is always open. So uh, looks like we have a, a few different options of things that that we could we could go with. <laughs> but uh but yeah i wanted to mention that because i thought it was very funny it is so funny it's unbelievable i wanted to mention before we close out the final show the only other match i would want to talk about or just briefly kind of mention i really did like yuma anzai versus Mm -hmm. ryuki honda which he obviously used that match as his justification for challenging nagata since he got to defeat a guy who fought for number one contendership so that's how you end up with that logic there but I did love this match. Um, Honda like put Anzai through it to make Anzai look like a million bucks to get up and then go challenge Nagata. Um, I thought the ending stretch was really well done. In particular, um, Anzai was just searching for that opening um, to get the jumping knee in. And then when he finally connects, it looks great. Honda looked amazing, frankly. Um, 
yeah, I just really enjoy this. It's so, it's so short. It's like seven and a half minutes, but like, it was just a really good, clean singles match between two all Japan guys, two young all Japan guys. And it's worth watching. Um, and obviously sets up what happens with Anzai when he comes out the challenge later. Okay, with all four days out of the way, it's now time to talk about All Together Again. On the 9th of June, New Japan, All Japan, and NOAA will come together to host All Together Again, the third All Together show. It is a pay-per-view on New Japan World, so you will have to pay to watch. For matches, we have Keito Kimiya, Kento Miyahara, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kazucha Okada, Yuma Oyagi, and Keno. Shingo Takagi, Bushi, and Tetsuya Naito take on the team of Yuji Nagata, Suama, and Yuma Anzai. Next up, we have Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi versus Masaki Tamiya, Daki Inaba, and Yoshi Inamura. Amaksa, Asuki Oyagi, and Hiromu Takahashi versus Haita, Masawato, and Rising Haito. Jun Saito, Rei Saito, Dan Tamura, Hikaru Sato, and Ruki Honda take on the United Empire, Aaron Hanare, Francisco Akira, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and TJP. The NOAA team of Junta Miyawaki, Naomichi Marafuji and Takeshi Shigura take on Elder Sperano, Minoru Suzuki, and Ren Narita. Hokazomare and Suji Ishikawa take on Go Shiozaki and Katsuhiko Nakajima. Chris Ridgeway and Shannon Legacy versus Kosuke Fujita and Zack Sabre Jr. And in the only singles match so far, we have Yoshitatsu taking on Shota Umino. <laughs> Incredible that Yoshitatsu got a singles match on this card. Absolutely. What a- what a politics move from old Yoshi Tatsu there, huh? <laughs> oh, incredible stuff. Um, yeah, so match are you most excited for? Well, I'll say this. I think we're missing a major match that's going to get announced like very clearly right after we post this episode. But the one that we're very obviously missing is uh good looking guys versus just five guys like that is like the only one i don't know why they're waiting so long to announce this it's making me like really fucking nervous but like jake and sonata are not on this card and they're the they're the singles belt title holders like they're going to have a match on this card so i'm getting like a little anxious also anthony green is not in japan for the entire month of of june um which is really weird timing so they can still do like uh good looking guys versus just five guys but like anthony won't be in the match which to me is a bit of a loss but so yeah i don't know what the i don't know what the holdup is but to me that's the glaringly obvious missing match is that sonata and jake lee have not been announced for this card yet yeah i thought maybe they were waiting for something to happen on today's noah show it's uh, may 31st um and i i thought maybe like during the tag title, junior tag title match, Seiki Yoshioka might betray Kutoge to uh, join good looking guys and make it an even five. But yeah, it, it's, that didn't happen, but it's, it is weird to me that we haven't announced what our champions are doing yet for Noah and um, New Japan. So yeah, I, I can't imagine they won't have a match and at this rate, it would have to be against each other. So We'll see what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, we still clearly have some matches. I'm still hoping we also um, get like a, a young boy match with some young lions. And I, I want to see in a way, get a pin on Fujita. That's my big dream. That's, that's my big dream for this card. So um, we'll see what happens there. Um, otherwise this card is 
eh, there's some good, there's some bad. It's, it's not terrifically exciting. I think they could have done a lot more. Um, there is some really cool stuff. I'm obviously very excited for, and we've talked about it before, um, the Aces versus Rivals match, um, Kaito, Kento, and Tanahashi versus Okada, Yuma, and Keno. Um, that only gets more and more exciting. I'm excited to see how that match um, comes out. Everything else um, should be fun. It should be a fun show. I am actually pretty excited um, about Hokuto Mori and Shuji Ishikawa, which is actually kind of an interesting team considering they're not in the same faction anymore. But that should be an interesting team versus Axis. Um, we just don't really get to see those guys against those guys, right? Like, So that should just be kind of compelling to see what um, they wind up doing. Naturally, they're going to be at like the very top of the goddamn card, but it's fine, right? <laughs> um, whatever. But I, I'm interested to see that for sure. I think that could potentially be a very cool, strong match. I am interested to see what happens in the uh, the juniors match where we have Oski on um, opposite sides from Rising Hayato. I mean, that's I think that's potentially um, quite exciting. And then, um, yeah, this is like not like it's interesting. the The concept of the event this year seemed really really exciting when they were teasing it and then when they announced it and then in practice it's like oh my god i gotta pay 30 dollars for this um so i don't know i'm I'm interested to see what this um what comes of this i think that there's going to be some things here that perhaps build to other things like i was saying before i really want that juniors match to be like okay these are some of the guys that will go to philly because that could be huge for hayato and atsuki to get to go and perform in front of an American crowd um, in the, like I said, famous 2300 arena, that would be amazing experience for both of them. And what I was hinting at before is that we have Kento and Yuma um, on opposite sides. Yuma's tagging with Keno. Keno's got the world tag belts. And he said that if all Japan wrestlers want the world tag belts back, they've got to come over to Noah. They don't have a challenger right now. If you have, Keno and Yuma sort of hinting at perhaps reforming a team right now, keeping in mind that Yuma's not in next stream. Like there's no, like there's no next stream right now between those guys. Um, if they reform something and Kento pins Keno here, um, that's what you get. You know, you get, you get, you get that match. You get um, next stream potentially versus uh Keno and Soya for the world tag belts which is really compelling then Kento and Yuma have to go back over to Noah and I'm going to beat the drum until I get this match but it always then puts Kento back in front of potentially Katsuhiko Nakajima there's a lot of potential and I think what this card could set up for future implications um with the other promotions so yeah, I'm uh I'm hoping we see some good stuff. Um to me like it being full of tags is not an issue. I love tag matches, so I'm hoping we see some interesting things. It's just that on paper it just doesn't seem like the most tremendously exciting event, but I feel like that's how uh New Japan versus Noah felt to me and then like in practice it ended up being one of the more fun cards that we've gotten this year. One thing I do want to mention is I like that they have Hikaru Sato listed as an All Japan wrestler because he's not signed to the company, but he's there like every single match. So he basically is part of it. So I'm very happy he's on this show. I will be interested to see any interactions between Akira and the All Japan guys because if you uh, don't know, Akira was part of All Japan in the junior division. 
So to see anything there will be interesting. The six-man junior match, I'm excited for. I'm excited to get Hayato and Asuki in front of more people because you know, I love those two guys. I am very excited for the main event. I'm just worried Yuma is going to take the pin. And then for the rest of the All Japan matches, they are going to take the pin because they're, not, um, they're facing tough guys. But to get All Japan in front of guys is exciting. It's not the most uh, biggest promotion as it was before, especially compared to New Japan and NOAA. So this is a good opportunity. And I just want more NOAA in All Japan, the end of it. I don't really worry about New Japan interacting with All Japan, but to get more NOAA in All Japan would be great. Very much so. I think I do need this to become the co-main, though. That's going to be my hard line in the sand. Uh, sorry, but I need this uh, current main to become the co-main if they're going to announce just five guys versus uh, good-looking guys. I'm I'm going to need the two singles belt holders to main event this show. That, I think, will say a lot. And I don't see why that wouldn't be. But it would be very weird logic to have the non-singles titles belt. You know, they don't have belts, right? It'd be yeah. weird if they headlined over and announced just five guys versus good-looking guys match. So that's going to be something that uh, pisses me off. <laughs> if, if it doesn't happen the way that I think it should happen. I just think it'd be funny if Keno got shafted for a main event once again. I, I always find that funny. So I used to find it sad, but now I'm over it. <laughs> now I find it great. Um, no, I, I agree. I think that um, the belt holders should be your main event. That's just how these things should be. Um, so yeah, I, I have a um, have a hard agree on that one. So hopefully we get that. I would love to see a singles match between them, but even like a um, a tag match would be really really cool. It would be so weird and so wild if that's what they were. <laughs> Holding off on announcing Jake Lee versus Sonata. It's not happening, but it would be funny. It would be really cool. It would be really funny. So now we have May moments. I know we mentioned this a bit before, but we just have a Shino injury update. No surgery, and the doctor has given him the all clear to start training again. He had to wear a cast for a while, and he said his number one worry was the cast would smell bad. He was able to get the cast removed and went to a public bath and tweeted that he cried a little when he was able to wash his hair with both hands. All Japan has announced the dates for the Royal Road Tournament. It will take place over four days in August, the 19th, 21st, 22nd, and 27th. We have another injury update with Nomura. He was scheduled to undergo surgery on the 27th of March, but it was postponed due to a severe knee inflammation. He did have his operation on the 5th of May. He also has returned the Capture Championship title. Asuka Yuma will take part in the Tenryu Project on the 10th of June. They will compete in a one-day tournament to crown the first ever UN Tag Team Champions. And lastly, we have a Joe Doran update from his wife on her Facebook. She wrote, It has been a journey, to be honest, and it's not over yet. But man, we've come a long way since August 2022, when we first found out about Joe's brain tumor has returned after seven years. And he went in September 29th for his first of three brain surgeries. Today, he has completed six weeks of chemo and radiation, he gets a small break and will begin six more months of chemotherapy for maintenance. Literally the toughest guy I know, thankful for a village of friends and family who have helped sustain us and hashtag fuck cancer. We've been linking Joe's GoFundMe for support towards his medical bills in our show notes. So I'm going to keep doing that. 
but it appears that the campaign is still active. So please go there and make a gift uh, to support Joe um, in anything that he needs covered in terms of his medical bills, if you are able to do so. Please do. And and we're really rooting for him. And it's really good to get that update. And he's he's going to whoop cancer's ass. I feel it. Feel it in my bones. But um, yeah. And then also on the Noah side of things, we also have some new stuff with Jake Lee. Jake will be um, taking on Sugiura, which is tremendously exciting. And that match will be on June 17th. So I'm very excited for your thoughts on that. Alicia, do you have any Jake Lee notes? I'm just tremendously excited about the match. Um, We had an episode where we talked to Captain Lou about kind of Jake thus far um, in his Noel reign and our our thoughts on that. And I've thought the reign so far has been tremendous. I thought that the Mara Fuji match was um, absolutely excellent and just beyond even my wildest expectations of what that match could be. Um, I expect the Sagira match to be more of the same. I thought that the build so far between them has also been um, tremendous. I'm really excited that the VOD from this past weekend is, I think, finally up on Wrestle Universe so we can see more of the build uh, between Sagira and Jake as we get closer and closer to their match. It's actually quite um, far from now, uh, which is making me a little nervous. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. It's making me a little anxious, but um, I'm excited to see what that's been like. Their their build is a lot more violent than Jake's was with uh, Mara Fuji, certainly. Um, Katsuhiko was really only at the, the presser. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a different, more violent build with a lot more brawling. Um, but I'm excited. I, I, I really do think this is going to be a tremendous um, performance from, from both of them. Um, Sugira is always the big deal, really the, the person that you have to clear. Um, and Jake is really, you know, going through it as someone who's trying to imbue these different parts of Noah and figure out what all, all this stuff means to him. So I'm just very excited um, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, what's coming up in June? June is the start of Dynamite series. It runs over five days, the 3rd, 11th, 15th, 17th and 26th, with the 17th being the big Ottawa show. All shows are live except for the 11th. Noble matches next month are on the 3rd and now non-Voodoo Murder and Yuma Anzai take on Kento Mihara and Yuma Oyagi. On the 15th, Asuki defends the junior title against Kato Ishida. On the 17th, Yuji Nagata will face Yuma Anzai in a triple crown match. On the 26th, Kento faces Katara Suzuki and the former Violent Giants, Suama and Suji Ishikawa, team up to face Jun and Rei Sato. So now for match recommendations, I picked one uh, from 1991, so a while ago. It's Jumbo Saruta versus Kawada, because I think we had a mini Jumbo and Kawada with Yuma Anzai and Ryu anyway. So I'm like, why not run it back to the original? Uh, this was April 6th, and I just love this match. I know there's another one from 1991 that people like more than this one, but I absolutely love this one. Um, Kawada being the underdog and Jumbo just like not letting him up, like, the whole match, even when he gets his comeback, Jumbo is like, um, I don't think so. He's like an elbow. That elbow really popped me, like it made me cringe a bit. Um, I just love this, the intensity of these two. And with Baba on commentary and Wada on um, referee duty, it's like an All Japan Legends match. It's just great. Check it out. So uh, I mentioned last month, that I often just click around on the battle library that is posted by Gaura. 
Um, they also post their stuff on YouTube as well. Um, and it's really good if you are practicing Japanese like I am, um, because they have a whole little backstory that a presenter sort of gives and gives like um, the history of what led to the match and things like that. And um, I was sort of clicking through uh, during their champion carnival stuff. They were on a real kick with Katsuko Nakajima and uh, his run in champion carnival back in 2006, he was the youngest to enter. He's just a child back then. Um, but I really enjoyed him against Satoshi Kojima, which also was sort of relevant at the time because Kojima was in the champion carnival this year. Um, it was pretty much exactly what you expect a um, the current, you know, big ace, you know, champion versus this brand new rookie who's just, you know, trying real hard and and already like the super rookie sort of status. But I enjoyed it. It was um, a good it was a good watch and it was uh, very historical. It was good to hear um, sort of the backstory of how um, Nakajima ended up in the carnival and then where Kojima was at in his career then. Um, and it really painted a lot. So I definitely encourage you guys to check that out. Again, if you are um, interested in learning Japanese and looking for listening practice, please check out the library. It has helped me a lot when it comes to um, developing a glossary of Japanese um, arrest terms. So I, I would really encourage it. So I bought Noah's Ria Goku program, and that's the show that had Jake versus Mara Fuji headlining it. It arrived over the weekend, and something that Noah has always done really well historically um, is do these beautiful timelines that usually take up like at least two pages in these programs, um, especially around their champions. And I loved the two-page timeline they did of Jake's career. They chose wonderful photos and they chose particularly wonderful photos of Jake and Naya Nomura, and it made me want to watch um, a match of theirs, and I miss Naya. Um, so I am recommending Jake Lee and Naya Nomura versus Violent Giants of all tag teams from the finals of Real World Tag League that took place on December 9th, 2019. But just FYI, there's also a very dramatic and excellent Jake and Naya versus Next Stream, aka Kento and Yuma Tag on that same card and I am actually just going to recommend both matches honestly it's good to watch the next stream one and then go right into the violent giants final they paint a wonderful picture of Jake and Naoya as a tag team and it's just disappointing that they were a partnership that was always so interrupted by injuries and bad luck uh but they worked brilliantly together and I think that these two matches really encapsulate all of the good about their partnership and how well they work together. As far as the Violent Giants match goes, Suama and Shuji wanted to beat the hell out of Naoya and Jake. And if you just really like that kind of like Osan on Kohai violence, like this will be for you. But I think Jake is brilliant in both these matches. It's just tremendous work from him. Uh, but Naoya and Shuji are the stars of the main event with a few stretches of the latter part of that match, just them going to war against each other in the ring. And it's just excellent stuff i can't recommend either of them more if you're interested in watching all japan you can do so at ajpw.tv for 900 yen a month each month is a mix of live and video on demand shows with video on demand shows being uploaded the day after filming or in rare cases the day of thank you for listening and supporting talking triple crown you can find me on twitter at sister jesse and royal road 72 
You can find me, Alicia, at Sharanui Kai with two eyes, and me and Rachel at Kickout299. Uh, please make sure that you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast and give us five stars on the platform of your choice. It really does help us out exponentially. It gets more people listening to us and finding us when they're searching for wrestling shows in their platform. So please help us out and do that. We would so appreciate it. And thank you. And you can find me, Rachel, at Milky Star. That's M-I-I-K-Y Star. I say it everything Alicia says. We also have an Instagram if you want to keep a track of our updates and uploads that way. And that is also at Kickout299. Thank you guys so much. Thank you once again. And we'll see you for our next June episode.